Hey, let's have a devotion. We're in Isaiah chapter 12. On that day, you will say, I will give thanks to you, Lord, although you were angry with me. Your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. And on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his name, make his works known among the peoples, declare that his name is exalted, sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. He has done glorious things. All right, man, this is incredible, right? Let, his, let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out and sing, citizen of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you in his greatness. That's a nice respite from the usual wrath and woe of, of uh, Isaiah chapters 1 through 39, isn't it? There's this song of praise that erupts right here in the midst of it all. Even this name uh, in verse 2, the, the, indeed, God is my salvation. Uh, this is this is beautiful. It actually is is similar to uh, Isaiah's own name. Really, he's speaking his own namesake here. That God is my salvation. I will trust in Him and I will not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord Himself, is my strength and my song. Uh, this is that that's strength indeed. Have you rested too much on your own wherewithal and your own abilities and your talents, your own work ethic? Isn't it exhausting? Consider the beauty of Isaiah's song, that the Lord is my strength, because that's inexhaustible strength, that He is my song, all right? That you're not living your whole life as a big anthem to yourself. We recently made a video to speak to, to young bachelors, Christian bachelors, you know, because they're surrounded by other men their age who are, have a totally different mindset. You know, uh, the typical bachelor mindset is like, I'm out for number one, and I just want to live a life that is totally devoted to my own carnal urges, frankly. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the bachelor life. You know, uh, right now, uh, womanhood is sort of disappearing culturally. And it's left some of these men in such a way that they likewise, now emasculated, just aren't stepping up. And uh, that's to be expected, historically, that, that's how it goes. But Christian bachelors have a totally different mindset. They're not looking up for number one. There's more on their hearts and their vision for their lives than just playing Xbox forever. And, and what they want to do is lead godly lives and make excellent husbands and provide and care for wives and children one day. And in so doing, they actually lead a lifestyle that is greater than themselves. They actually find more satisfaction, greater purpose in their lives than the typical model would that the Lord is their strength and the Lord is their song. A hedonistic lifestyle where you live by your own strength for your own pleasure and you are your own song is ultimately, ironically, totally empty and unfulfilling. It's a purposeless life. It's a futile life. It's an unfulfilling life. But a life that is parallel to Isaiah's song of praise, where the Lord is your strength and the Lord is your song, it's counterintuitive, I know, but when your life is dedicated to this higher cause, you actually enjoy life more. Your life is more significant. You find a greater meaning in your life. You also end up working harder, right? 
because you have a great reason to work. He has become my salvation. You will uh, joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation. You remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well in John chapter 4? Whoever drinks this water, this living water, will have springs of living water coming up from within him. It's, it sort of evokes what Jesus would say, you know, some 730 whatever years later. And on that day, you will say, give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his name, make his works known among the peoples, declare that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. Would you take a moment and run an inventory on all the great things that God has done? Okay, look at your house and how beautiful it is, your apartment, how nice it is, your car, and how hopefully dependable it's been, and how God has carried you through everything you thought would kill you. He's done great things. He's done great things in the Redemption Church. He's currently doing great things. Give Him glory for that, because you're a part of that. You are a member of the body that is the Redemption Church. Cry out and sing, citizen of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you in His greatness. Wow. That is indeed a reason to celebrate the scope of God's promise from Abraham originally is about to bust out through the cultural context, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And people from all nations now can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. But you just got these glimpses of what was to come, how spectacular it was that the Holy One was about to be in the midst of Israel. Take a moment of respite as we're studying Isaiah, the proclamations of woe and discipline and wrath. They can be wearisome for your heart, but we know that they're all useful for teaching and correcting and training in righteousness and rebuking so that we are equipped for every good work. But now here in chapter 12, this brief little song, it gives us a moment to just thank God, to praise Him. So would you do that right now? <laughs> 